Are you looking to grow revenues, increase profitability, or obtain financing? If so, you came to the right place. Running a business is all about leadership. How do you become a better leader? Learn from the successful entrepreneurs and business owners how to lead your organization more effectively. That's why we created Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business, to help you succeed with your host, Andrew Frazier, Business Growth Pro and CFO and founder of the Small Business Pro University. Every Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern, we're joined by experienced entrepreneurs and business owners who share their secrets to success via live stream. Also, every Friday morning, we release a new podcast episode. Either way, you will learn about developing your business leadership skills from our roster of highly performing guest experts. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com. Welcome to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. I'm your host, Andrew Frazier. Excited to really have you back once again. Um, we got an exciting show tonight, and um, you know, definitely can't wait to bring on my guest. Um, as you saw, it's Dale Caldwell. Let me invite Dale Caldwell on, and um, we're going to chat a little bit with him and Talking Small Business. Hey, Dale, how's everything going? Hey, Andrew, how you doing? Good, good. Welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, glad to have you on on the show. Um, you know, we were talking, you um, had, have a lot going on this time of year, just like everybody else. And, you know, had the misfortune, maybe, of going to New York today. Yeah, uh, the, the, so. uh, yeah I had a couple of meetings in the city. And the, the traffic is horrendous. I think people are coming in for the Christmas lights. So uh, in order to get to your studio, I was looking forward to seeing it. It'd be an hour and a half. So I'm here sitting in my uh, my, my my new used car, which okay. is uh, the Mercedes. I love it. So it's uh, it's a, it's an office anyway. So I'm I'm happy to be here. If people don't okay. mind the background. Okay. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, definitely, it's great to have a chance to chat with you. Um, you spoke recently at the power breakfast and really had such a great message that I wanted to really have you back on to share some of that because not everybody could make the power breakfast. Um, and, and also just, you know, some key things, um, you know, at the end of the day, um, your business can only grow as, as far as you're prepared to take it. So it's about gaining knowledge. Um, so, you know, your focus on knowledge acceleration, even be gaining the knowledge you need to know faster. And, um, you know, that's something we, we all need to do. And, you know, technology, the world's changing faster than ever before. So being able to do that is key. So yes. I'm glad to have you on here. Um, you know, I know you, some people on here know you, but not everybody knows who you are. So, um, why don't you take a couple minutes to so tell everybody a little bit about your background, some of the great things that you're you're doing, and um, you know, and we'll go from there. Well, well, Andrew, first it's just an honor to be on your show. 
I've been on a couple of times and I, I really enjoyed the power breakfast and, and really talking to that great, that great group. And so um, I have the honor of being the executive director of the Rothman Institute of Innovation and Entrepreneurship at Fairleigh Dickinson University. Um, that's one of the, the, the many hats that I wear. Um, I also have my own consulting firm where we work with clients like Procter & Gamble and Kellogg's and others around leadership training, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And also recently, I, I became the pastor of Covenant United Methodist Church in Plainfield, New Jersey. And so I, I'm really trying to uh, um, kind of build spirituality and entrepreneurship and bring them together. Because I, I think entrepreneurship is the great equalizer. And I think it's important for all of us to either have the entrepreneurial mindset and work for somebody else or even have our own businesses. So, uh, so Andrew, it's always wonderful to, to, uh, to be here. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Okay, great. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. And, you know, you're doing so many things that, um, you know, one thing that's always amazing is you're on not just a school board, but school boards, right? So talk a little bit about that. Well, well I, I uh, you know, grew up in urban areas in, in, in Roxbury and Boston and Harlem and in New York, and, and, and my parents sacrificed and had an opportunity to first go to public schools, but then go to some private schools. And I went to Princeton, got my degree in economics, and then my MBA from uh, from the Wharton School in Finance. And then I got a doctorate in education administration from Seton Hall. And, and education is so important. And so I felt I had to give back. And so I joined in 1998, the New Brunswick Board of Education. And I'm currently the president of that board. So I've been on that board for, you know, for 20, 23 years. Um, I had the opportunity in 2009 to be the school board member of the year in New Jersey. And I'm also president of something called the Educational Services Commission of New Jersey, which is the largest special needs school district serving students who are on the spectrum, who are multiply disabled and, and who are dealing with emotional challenges. And then I'm president of, of College Achieve Asbury Park, which is a charter school in Asbury Park. And so the, the, the thing is, I'm involved with all these things. And so I'm now pushing and really want to work with you to build on what you're doing, something I call coach leadership. And that the idea is that the, 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 the old command and control leadership is dead. You can't order people around anymore. But now people are using what I call title leadership, that I'm the senior VP, so listen to me. But well, you really need to have coach leadership. And, and the reason I'm be able to, 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 to be involved in so many things is we have extraordinary superintendents. I have extraordinary staff at the Rothman Institute. I have extraordinary uh, uh, congregation at, 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 at Covenant. And so instead of me leading and telling people what to do, I'm really more of a coach and a supporter and an encourager. And that's how I'm able to do a lot of different things is because it's not me. It's really about the team. And so I'm really pushing that out because that's the way that people can be much more effective, especially with this next generation of employees. You have to be focused on developing them. They have to feel you care about them and you want to develop them. So that's kind of the, the secret sauce, if you will, in, in all the things. And people say, Dale, do you sleep at all? Do you do these things? But it's really working with extraordinary people. And I'm just blessed to have that opportunity. No, that's that's great. And, and But you allow them to be extraordinary. Many people end up in an environment where they're not empowered right. or encouraged to be extraordinary. And what I've always found is people can and will do way more than you would ever think if you ask them, you know, or you encourage them. So, um, but that's the, 
hallmark of of leadership. Yeah. Um, and Absolutely. you know that's what we're we're, we're going to talk some about that that today as well. So but Andrew, let me let me add to that because people not only will do more than you think, but they do more than they think. If mm -hmm. you encourage them, they they they're more capable. They have more capability, and I think everybody who I've worked with, I've gently kind of nudged to say, you know, why not try this and and do that. And so I think I've been helpful in helping them grow. And guess what? I grow by their growing. And so it's really not about me; it's about them. You know, what one of the one of the the things that I uh, the sayings that I remember is the taller the bamboo, the the more it bends. And mm -hmm. so I'm I'm a servant leader, no matter where I am, and it's not about me. And I actually get uncomfortable when people try to build me up and say, "Oh, Dale, you're doing this." It's really about them, and and I I enjoy that. That's just kind of who I am. Okay, no, it's excellent. And you know, one thing we didn't. You didn't hit on, but I just want to make sure we just hit on it. Is um, you help develop the E Zone um, Entrepreneur <laughs> Zone um, initiative and several initiatives around it, and and you know you've garnered leadership in each area of the initiative um, from not just locally but nationally. So. Talk a little bit about what that is and, and what that's all about. Well, well, one of the things, and I'll talk a little later about influences, is that you know my dad knew and marched with Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. My mom was a school teacher for 50 years, and and I come from a long line of successful pastors, and so I have some big, big shoes to fill. And and just to see my dad in the civil rights movement, you know they they accomplished a lot, but their work wasn't done. And my I always tell folks my dad was in the March on Washington. Uh, for jobs and freedom. People don't realize, everybody talks about the freedom part, that Dr. King was about jobs and, and that economic equality is really the key. And so being involved with all these different things, it has become very clear that education, you know, employment and entrepreneurship are the foundation. And so as you think of that, I, I, uh, I came up with this idea called Entrepreneur Zones because there's a uh, the, the, the past administration came up with these opportunity zones and the idea is to give real estate investors discounts if they if they basically build up or gentrify urban communities. And so the thing about that is that those communities will be beautiful and have big buildings, but the, but the local people will be pushed out and, uh, and the small businesses will be hurt. And so I said, well, why don't we create entrepreneur zones where we're creating an ecosystem to invest in those communities so that the entrepreneurs can grow and jobs can be created. And, and, and to, my, to my positive surprise that both conservatives and liberals liked the idea, and we were able to get it in the, the, uh, the, the, the governor's administration in New Jersey, and so I'm heading a committee in addition to get people around the country to believe in this. Because if, if, if you're someone like me who really hates poverty, you know, the only way to do this is to really utilize entrepreneurship. And you and I have talked about that and just the amazing work you've done with entrepreneurs as a model of what we can do in entrepreneur zones around the world. Yeah, no, I, I think that's tremendous and really looking forward to continued growth of that and enjoy being part of the part of the process. And um, so definitely, definitely. So, you know, that's a little bit of background, um, you know, doing great things. So we're, we're going to dig in to really a little bit about um, influence and leadership and accelerating your knowledge. But, um, you know, one of the things that 
you had talked about at the power breakfast and, and you know i've heard it there but you know, I've, I've also heard it um other times but every time i hear it, it it's like so powerful you know it really just you know sometimes you you hear stuff and you think stuff but you don't really fully understand it uh, but this example sort of really lays out um so you know, you have a book, um, Strategic Influence, where you talk about, you know, that your influences um, and understanding other influences allow you to be a much better leader. Um, and, you know, before you do anything, you got to know yourself mm -hmm. before you can know others. So talk a little bit about, you know, the difference between leadership and influence and sort of how, um you share and help people think about it. Well, well, Andrew, I, I am, I often, and, and, and really no matter what I'm doing, whether it's leadership training or DEI, I always try to start out with this concept. So, so many years ago, I like writing books. I've written six books and, and, and I, I, I learn when I write. So that's kind of my, my education. And I was writing a book on leadership and there are a million books on leadership. And I thought I had one of the, one of the best, but I'm, I'm an etymologist. I kind of like to study the words and their root causes. And so I looked up the, the, the definitions of leadership, command, and authority. And I found the word influence was in at least one of the definitions for each of those words surrounding leadership. And, it, and, and about 10 years ago, it sent me on this path to understand this thing called influence. And, and I discovered that it's a word hidden in plain sight, that, that, that people will say she's influential or he's influential. And what does that mean? Do they, do they have more social media followers? Are they, are they powerful? Are they rich? Are they are they are they attractive, you know? And so so. But then when you think about it, we do what we do, think the way we think, and accomplish what we accomplish because of influence. And and the example I often use there are accents. That no child in the world is born with an English accent. They can be born in London or Brooklyn or Sydney, Australia, or Birmingham, Alabama, um, and um, and and they develop a very different accent that often stays with them for the rest of their life. And so think about other things that are influences, our favorite sports team, our culture, our religion, who we think is attractive, our favorite food. All of those are, are influences. Yeah, there's some genetics in there, but it really is influences. And so the example that I often use is that the research shows that our musical tastes are developed uh, actually for women between ages 14 and 24, and for men ages 15 to 25. And, and what does that mean? We love, we can love modern music, but there are certain songs that take us back to that time when our brain was developing, when we first fell in love. And everybody who's listening in has a song that if it played right now, that you would, it would take you back to a particular, either a painful or a wonderful memory. And so as we begin to think about leadership and think about being entrepreneurs, is that we have to look internally to understand our own influences. And so I developed this process that has, and we can talk a little later about it, four steps through the process. But this first step is called influence awareness. How do you understand what influences have been in your, your life in the past, but also the present? And then what do those influences do to help you become successful or even hold you back from becoming successful? So, Andrew, I, I always start there. And, and the music analogy really, really kind of wakes people up to understand that they are truly products of their influence and they can control the influences that in their life to become that much more effective.
Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of movies, and especially The Matrix. Yes. And excited that they're coming out with the new one in a few weeks. The new one, yes. But, you know, in the first one, you know, when he's in the kitchen, that's one of the first things she says. You you have to know yourself. Yeah, and, um, you know, and you can't, you know, it's not enough to just know the path. You have to walk the path. And um, so, you know, so now once people know more about the influence, how how do they go and walk the path? How do you use that to be a better leader? And, and so so the second step in the process, so it's influence awareness. So the second step in the process is is what I call influence impact. So what are the what are the what is the impact of my influences? I often uh, Hogan Lovells was one of my big uh, Clients are the eighth largest law firm in the world, and I did training in, in eight of their eight of their their uh, uh, offices around the country. And so I created this scenario of uh, of of Bob Yeller. This I've created a name called Bob Yeller because they have some partners that are still the command and control, old school, yelling at people, embarrassing people, and those things. And so Bob Mount Yeller's influences were he grew up in a household where everybody yelled at each other kind of a term of endearment. They just naturally yelled at each other and when they're angry or when they're they're happy, and they did that. The, the, and then you look at the influence impact of Bob Yeller. And so Bob Yeller goes to a law firm or a business, and he's yelling at folks, and he's not getting promoted because of that yelling. Or or you have Sue Quiet or Ted Quiet on the opposite, where they were they were taught as growing up that 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 kids only speak when they're spoken to. And so Ted... Quiet goes to work and, and Ted doesn't say anything in meetings and is overlooked for promotions. So those are two examples. And so we all need to look inside to say, how are our influences helping us or holding us back? And so often we, we feel resigned to that. And I'm always going to be a yeller or I'm always going to be quiet. And we're not. We just have to make sure we have the influences necessary to take it to the next step. So the next step in the process is called influence management. And this is where the, the Small Business Pro University, Andrew, and your consulting comes in, is once you know your influences, once you know the impact of those influences, then you know, okay, how do I develop them? How do I become the better person? How do I become the better entrepreneur? How do I become the better leader? And then depending on what those influences, the impact of those influences, the prescription is, is designed, custom designed for the person. So I'm a certified executive coach. And so you know, a lot of times coaching is needed. For Bob Yeller, we have to coach him to realize, Bob, develop more empathy. Understand how your yelling impacts other people. Or Ted, we're being quiet in meetings. How do you expect to get promoted? And then you work with them. Or Joe Entrepreneur, the Small Business Pro University is going to help you get it to the next step. And then the final step in the process is what I call influence maximization. And that every successful relationship, whether it's a business relationship, or an individual or, or, or a, a marriage relationship has three elements. The first is credibility, that you have to be credible for people to even listen to you. But it's not enough just to be credible. You really have to be creative, that you have to be interesting. You have to really connect with people. But that's not enough. The third is to connect with them. You have to connect with their influences. And the reality is, is as you alluded to, Andrew, you can't connect with other people's influences until you know your own influences. And so once you know your own influences, if you can, whenever a sales or an interview doesn't go well, one of those three elements is missing, credibility, creativity, or connection. 
So when you develop your own influences, you become more empathetic with other people's influences. And so you're able to connect with them in a deeper way. And so that's part of this process. And, and really, Small Business Pro University, um, it really helps, helps, helps along that process. Okay. No, I mean, that, that, that's outstanding. I mean, definitely, um, you know, you come at it at a really clear way. And, you know, one way I try and help people that I'm coaching and working with is um, through reading. And, you know, not just yours, but Dale Carnegie, yeah, because he's a master and it's not like it's rocket science, but, you know, by being able to really understand yourself and be able to connect with others, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a huge key to success. And a lot of people don't, um, don't really do a lot of simple things that could really make them so much more effective and successful. Um, well, well, Andrew, what Dale Carnegie is saying and what Dale Caldwell is saying is common sense, but, but common sense, isn't that common? These things, yeah. so, as, they, as they say. And so, you know, so we, we just go about our life and we're just kind of going ahead and we don't think about ourselves. We don't think about influences. We don't think about those things. The other thing that I say is that people, we, we buy into this myth of the self-made woman or the self-made man, that I did it all myself. I'm successful because of me. And no human being's ever done that. And so we need to understand that there are influences. And, and I use this when I'm working on trying to help people understand the importance of eliminating poverty, is that that people are, are who are poor, they're not less than, they were just had influences. They were born in the wrong zip code. And so you can't you can't really build yourself up, and so it's important to really to really understand and, and and think about the influences in our lives, and and not be ashamed that I've had good influences, but really celebrate that and to do more with those influences than you would have otherwise. Yep, yep, and um, <laughs> and and you have to be flexible. Um, you know, one thing that that I ran into, you know, I, I, when you grow up you know, within your family, you have certain traditions. So one thing was, you know, anybody older than me, right. you know, I called them Mr. or Mrs. Right, but right. You know, I got into corporate America and I was like, oh, this is Mr. So-and-so. Right, <laughs> and they're right. like, no, I'm Bob. But it, it took me a minute to be able to say, okay, Bob. Um, but you have to also be able to fit into the culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 there's different norms, um, so you know definitely that's a part of leadership and influence as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, you mentioned that um, common sense isn't necessarily that common. <laughs> One of my friends used to say, like, a person is smart, but people are are stupid. So, <laughs> you know. And, and not to, but sometimes like group think and yeah. other stuff yeah. um, really leads to bad decisions. Yeah. So really being able to think through what you're doing in terms of you, but also understanding its impact on others is important. So vitally important, vitally important. Yep. So, yeah. So I think that that's key. Um, now, 
you know, you're, you're doing a whole bunch of stuff, mm -hmm. but one thing that you do through the Rothman Institute and um, your executive director there out of Fairleigh Dickinson University, that's the website. Yeah. Um, you recently had the Family Business of the Year mm -hmm. Awards. So definitely talk a little bit about family business and, and why it's so important. Well, well, Andrew, first, uh, thank you for coming to uh, uh, to our, our event at the, the Glen Ridge Country Club, uh, you know, um, in Glen Ridge, right near, right near Montclair. And so every year, this is our 29th annual Family Business of the Year Awards. And, and so the Rothman Institute has been in, in the region, in the, in the Northeast, one of the leaders in really helping to advise, support and celebrate family businesses. And people don't realize that family businesses are about 84% of the businesses around the world. And, and that family businesses um, not only um, um, help the family, they are really the best employers out there, that they really help to support the family, they, the, the, the families of their employees, the non-family members, their community, and other things. And so our Family Business of the Year Award, we identify the the under ten million dollars in sales, over ten million dollars in sales, and new family business. Who is the best and and really most community centric uh, each year? And we have our luncheon. And Andrew, as you saw, there are so many amazing businesses in in virtually every industry. And so to really talk to those folks, and and people don't realize how hard these people work. That that there's an assumption that. If you have a family business, you have a silver spoon and your life is easy and so on. But anything, it, 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 it's really the furthest from the truth and that these folks work hard, they're committed and, and family businesses are as American a tradition and really as global a tradition as there is. And so we are really going out of our way to try to support family businesses, to advocate for family businesses and, and to really um, and to advocate for family business and to really try to to grow family businesses uh, around uh, around New Jersey, and so this this uh, this event, which has been very very successful, it was really sold out, uh, is one way. The other way is that we created something called Family Business Week, and really trying to encourage people around the world. It's the fourth week in, in October, the same week as our as our event. Uh, we're encouraging people around the world to identify and support a family business. And so as we go through this Thanksgiving holiday, as we go throughout this, this Christmas holiday, as we go throughout 2022, I encourage you to go to a family business, a family restaurant, you know, a family grocery store, a family, you know, a, a, a family diner um, and, and support them. And so why would you support them? Because the dollars that you spend with family businesses go back into your community. And and also the, the the taxes, if we want to reduce taxes in New Jersey, we want to support those businesses which increase the rateable. So so the family business of the year has as as just been been so near and dear to our heart that uh, that we are the leading advocates for family businesses. And we can talk a little bit about our veterans uh, program as well, if you like. Okay. Well, while we're on family business, um, you know, I think one thing that that's important is it's more and more challenging each generation of the family that you move through. And, you know, a lot of family businesses, you know, sometimes the kids aren't as interested in the business. Mm -hmm. um, 
even more so these days because there's a lot of interesting th stuff that you can go out and do. But um, you know, when you see successful family businesses, what are some of the hallmark signs of what will help a, a business, a family business, be more successful? Because mostly all businesses, small businesses, are family businesses or may be family businesses in the future. Well, well, Andrew, you, uh, as you know, I do a, I do two TV shows, one on RV and television. I, both of them on RV and television. One is called family business world where I interview family business or people that advise family businesses. And the other is entrepreneur state of mind. You've been on my show and you've done a great job. And so one of the things when I talk to family businesses, it, it really is interesting. Every CEO that has been uh, you know, their dad or mom or grandparents started the business. Everyone that is proud to be CEO started out sweeping the floors, doing menial labor when they were kids. And what I've learned is that when you do that, the young people start to value the business much more. But in those families where the, 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 the person starts out as a senior VP or, or some cushy job, they don't value the business and they're more likely to sell the business or, or run the business into the ground. And so it's a real interesting study on influence, on how important it is to really start people young and let them understand the importance of that, of that business. The other thing that's obviously very prevalent in family businesses is conflict, is that, you know, families, as we go to Thanksgiving, you know, I will guarantee that there will be some conflict in, in, uh, uh, in some of the people's, <laughs> you know, Thanksgiving, but it's, it's out of love. And so Families have conflict. They're dealing with, with influences of the past that so and such and such happened years and years ago. And then you carry that over in the business. So one of the things we do is we work with them to try to get family members to work together and focus on what's the best thing for the business and the family. So we do a lot of work around that. But, but that makes family businesses even more challenging. But they really are the bread and butter. One of the things of, 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 of the economy and one of the things that I often say is that politicians don't seem to understand that. If, if every politician in America, in the world, had, had a family business or a small business and had to make payroll, the politics would be very different because people would understand how hard it is to really, you know, oftentimes you go without eating yourself as an owner so that you can pay your people because you can't afford to lose those people. And so, so there's some real misunderstandings about the importance of family and small and local business to, to jobs and to the economy. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, they, they used to say, um, I can't remember the president who said, um, maybe it was Silent Cal Coolidge said the business of America is business. Right. Um, and, um, you know, and, and it's true. I mean, family business is, you know, just small business is the, the bedrock of what makes America great. Because a lot of places you you can't go into business for yourself. And, you know, the, you, you don't have the ability to move within socioeconomic um, levels. And business is one of the best ways to be able to do that. And it helps to level the playing field mm -hmm. in certain ways. Mm -hmm. uh, whereas, you know, you may not have the same opportunities in other fields or working for someone else, but, you know, as a business owner, 
you know, the only thing that can hold you back on a certain level is, is you, or at least you have the ability to chart your destiny um, and Absolutely. make things fairer for you. So um, but, but, but let me, Andrew, let me build on that because I, I would say that if Dr. King were, were alive today, he would be all in on entrepreneurship on urban local entrepreneurship. And, and, and the reason is that if you're really looking at, at ending poverty and creating equity within society, government doesn't have enough money to really do that in urban communities. Nonprofits don't have enough money to do that. The only way to do this is to really empower, uh, really create entrepreneur zones, to really empower local businesses to really grow, create jobs and help to you know, help to empower people in the community. So it's 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 really a no-brainer to do this. And 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 one of the things that I also say is, you know, in America, it makes no sense to have poverty because you know people don't have to care about poor people. But when poor people have money, rich people become richer. So there's absolutely so it's fundamentally we're holding people back, everybody back, by really not looking how to create entrepreneurial businesses and and local economically challenged communities. Mm -hmm, mm hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, definitely. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily having to go in and do something for people. It's just like you talked about. You can do so many things because you empower people yes. and you give them the resources and the knowledge that they need so that they can they, because they're going to know the answers to the they're, they're there every day. You know, yes. someone from the outside can't even have half the understanding of how to solve their problems. Right, right. Um, that's someone within the community. But a lot of times there's a disconnect in resources or knowledge or leadership abilities that, um, you know, that could be filled. And, you know, entrepreneurship is one of the best ways to do that. Yep. So, you know, you've had several businesses and you've worked in a lot of different businesses and you've probably seen great leaders and you've seen not so great leaders. Mm -hmm. um, give me an example of someone that you worked with and what made them, you know, really great leader to you. Well, I, I think early on, let me talk first about someone that that uh, again, influences aren't always positive. They can be negative. And so there was at, at Deloitte, there was a, 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 I guess he's a senior manager who luckily he wasn't my manager, but uh, he would, he would uh, have the people ask someone on his team to do a project, like write something or write a memo. And he would stand over their shoulder as they were writing. So you talk about command and control. And that always just, that rubbed me the nice guy, but rubbed me the wrong way. And he turned off more people left because they worked with them. And so you start to really think about, you know, that and, and that, you know, and, and people still do that today. But the leaders, I think of, you know, in high school, my tennis coach, I was number one on the tennis team and, and played tennis. Bill Ewan, who has been a, a good friend of mine, was just a, a wonderful model of this coach leadership that he really didn't criticize directly. He said, Dale, what do you think you should do? How should you, you know, how should you improve your game? How should you be successful? And I've worked with leaders, you know, in, in, in various companies. I was at Scholastic. I was Deputy Commissioner, Department of Community Affairs. I was, you know, I, I, I worked in, in the, the nonprofit sector with the Newark Alliance. 
And and Tom Kane was my boss. My bosses were Art Ryan, Tom Art Ryan, the CEO of Credential, Tom Kane, the former governor of New Jersey, and the guy named Ray Chambers who used to own the Nets and the Devils. And um, they founded the organization. And their leadership style, all three of them were really coach leaders, that they weren't as direct. Now, they had people below them that were a little more command and control than they were. But um, but you saw how people who were extraordinarily successful, um, they know enough to know what the weeds are. So they jump into the weeds when they need to, when there's a problem. But they also trust people. And they trust people to rise. And if people make a mistake, they don't jump down their throat. They say, well, well what, what do you think happened? What could you do better? And, and, and those of you who are parents who try to be the best parents, it's so tempting to really jump when, when your child does something wrong to jump on them instead of really saying, you know, what could you do better? Why did this happen? And, and that has a much more sustainable impact on someone. And just real quick, Andrew, the reason I'm, I'm really pushing this is so when I became certified and, and I went through this coach certification process, which we actually are starting one at Fairleigh Dickinson University, I was a consultant for most of my career. And so I, I, I went into this coaching and I think, OK, when I'm coaching people, I'm going to tell them what to do. They need to do this, that and that. But they said, no, you're a coach. Instead, what you do is you say, well, well, Andrew, what, what, what do you think you should do and, and how, how do you think you could do better? And I did that. And I felt like, well, I didn't really do anything for you. But these folks would say, this is the best session I had. You really helped me find it because they found it for themselves. And that really taught me a lesson about how important coaching is, helping people find the answers to them for themselves because they have the answers. And, 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 and people are much more extraordinary than, 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 than you think or they think. And so that's an important message going forward. Yeah, no, I think that that's uh, hugely important. But for a lot of business owners, it's really difficult because, you know, a lot of times you're like the smartest person in terms of knowing the most about your business and every area of your business. And you're used to doing it. So, you know, you're, you're used to going a mile a minute. So it's hard to allow someone else to do things and then you know, see them not do it as well as you do it. But, um, you know, when, you know, mentioned in the Masterpreneur Playbook and, you know, there's there's steps that you go through and you have to evolve as a business owner. And, you know, if your business is going to grow, you have to evolve yeah. to the next level because otherwise you're going to stifle everyone below you. Right. So, um, you know, one of the biggest things, you know, work on people is helping them go from working in their business to working on their business right. is one piece because you have to really first start to be able to delegate. Yep. And, and then the other one is, um, you know, that's difficult because you go from, you know, working on everything to really focusing on the future yep. and not just the day to day or the week to week. Um, and if you're not doing that, who's doing it? Right, right. And that, that's the thing that a lot of people don't see. And just because someone's not going to do something as well as you, over time, they're going to get better. Right. And surprisingly, they might end up doing it better than you. Right, but right. That frees you up to do what, you know, do higher level, more valuable stuff. And then 
the next level beyond that is even harder because you really have to go from being a manager to an executive. Right, right. And really your job as an executive is to coach your managers mm -hmm. yep. and empower them. And it, and the worst thing you could do is micromanage your managers. Yes. Because they're not going to stay uh, or they're not going to manage and they're going to be like a supervisor. So you're paying them a whole bunch not to do what you hired them to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So, um, so, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, you talked about coaching, developing people. What, what are some of the roadblocks that you have to walk people or help people overcome? Um, well, well, there's one, one roadblock that, that uh, is, is particularly, you know, is, is really the biggest enemy of coach leadership, and that's time. What happens is people say, well, I just, Dale, this is great. It makes sense. I want to do that. I just don't have time. I need to say, Joe, do this. Ted, do that. Fred, do that. Sue, do this. You know, I got to do that. And so, you know, so I often say, well, you, you don't have time not to do that because you're right. In the short term, you don't have that time. But if you don't empower them, as you said, you know, they're not going to be able to grow when your business grows. And so you need to do that. But but so many business leaders make the mistake of politicians. You know, and the one thing, and again, you know, I'm I'm one that 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 really says that big businesses, you know, that that government should really be 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 spending less support in big businesses and really supporting small businesses. But there are things that you can learn from big businesses. One of those things is that the CEOs try to find successors that are better than them. Well, why do they do that? Well, they do that because their pension is at risk. The trouble with politics is that leaders, oftentimes governors or mayors, don't want people that are the best there because they'll compete with them. So part of our problem in politics is a leadership problem, is that people are so focused on, on being the big fish that they don't put the best people around them. And I've seen governor after governor after governor uh, across the country put young, inexperienced people in because they didn't want to give some older, experienced people a chance because they may run against them. And so, so you really have to understand that if you want to have a successful business and a sustainable, uh, a sustainable excellence, you know, you need to look for the best people possible. And again, in politics, I say that, you know, so often we focus on the, the person we're voting for. And that's, you know, in and, and, and some ways that doesn't matter as much as who is that person we're voting for going to hire? Who is their cabinet going to be? So as we begin to think about that, we really need to understand that, that as a leader, you will be defined in history by the quality of people that are around you. And people don't think of that because they're all stuck in short term. So time is the number one enemy of coach leadership. Yes. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, I have to talk to business owners about, you know, you always have something important and urgent that you could be doing. But those things aren't the things that move your business forward. It's the things that are important and not urgent. And that's really around developing your team and other stuff. Um, but what I found is, you know, if you step back and do that within short order, things start to run themselves. And right. you 
and and people develop. Um, right. You know, it's not easy. You have to change and be different, but that's the only way you're going to be able to move your business forward because you can't do it yourself. And, you know, you need to have a strong team. So, um, but that doesn't, you know, that only happens if you plan to do it and right. you implement right. your plan. But, you know, like the matrix again, Merovingian said, you know, if you don't ever have time, then how do you make, what was it? You know, <laughs> who has time, you know, right, but if right. you don't ever make any time, how will you ever have any time? Exactly. Uh, you know, so it, it can seem like a catch 22, but you know, you, you have to do that. And this, this is the perfect time of year, you know, yeah. to step back, you yeah. know, you have the holidays, um, you know, you take, you have to take a break sometimes. Right, um, right. And, you know, this is a good time to spend time with family, do things, do things that are different, but also think, think about right. kind of where, where you want to go. You know, you want to develop your plan for 2022. Well, Andrew, I, I take it a, a step further, and I, I often tell folks that you should write your autobiography. Mm -hmm. You know, that you should you should really, not necessarily for publication, but begin to write your life story so that you know yourself and, and everybody I've talked to. Um, you know, I have a, a friend, uh, Nikalo, I think, who's watching, who's, who started writing that and, and, um, and, and just found it to be so valuable. And, and especially as you go around Thanksgiving, because you're interacting with family members and you're remembering good and bad things. But what that does is that can help you understand your passions, what you love doing, what you don't like doing. And so as a leader, it's important, as I said earlier, to know yourself, know your influences. And, and once you feel comfortable and you know your influences, you become that much more secure with, with really empowering other people. Mm -hmm. so I, th I think insecurity is really born out of people who don't really understand themselves and understand their influence. Yep. Yep. And, you know, definitely, um, you know, I always look at it as you have to see it before you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because, you know, if you, if you don't envision what you, you know, where you're going, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's hard to get there yeah. um, because you, you, you don't have that clarity yeah. and, and you want to think it out to make right. sure you're, you're going the right way to get where you ultimately want to be. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. so yeah. So, you know, that, that's huge. Um, so, you know, coming up on 2022, mm -hmm. you know, it's important to take that time to do important things that aren't urgent. Um, you know, as, as you know, one of the things that we, we're launching actually right now is the Small Business Pro Certification Program. Right. And right. that's a great way to do that. Um, you know, really um, helping people to be able to learn how to work on your business and not in your business. Right, right. And, and to be able to learn best practices. Yes. And useful knowledge so that, you know, you can progress, um, accelerate your business knowledge yes. because, you know, you, your business can only go as far as you're prepared to take it and being able to continually learn and accelerate. So, um, you know, we, we, we're, we're coming up towards, um, the end, but what, what I like to you know have guests do is 
really we talked about a whole bunch of stuff mm -hmm. but what are three things that someone everyone could take away from what we talked about and implement immediately within their business and their life as a way to kind of move forward so um you know so take a sec think about think about that and um you know and then we'll, we'll close out after that but um definitely you know it's great having having you as as a guest as, as always and uh, you know i think that um you know definitely what you're sharing so you know what what do you what do you think people should take away from what we're doing today well well one first thing andrew just i uh, thank you so much for for being on your show and and it's just i appreciate your friendship and support over the years and and um you know we've been a good team together and i'm looking forward to doing some big things going forward but first, number one, and, and obviously I start with influences. So number one is you need to really think about your influences and be very honest about what, how you've been influenced, what your influence weaknesses are, what your influence strengths are, because you have to start with yourself. It's great to read the best books in the world, but you won't get the most out of them until you understand yourself. The second thing is once you understand yourself, understand your passions. Where do you want to go? What would you, what, you know, one of the things I ask people is that when you're 90 and you're looking back on your life, what is it that you want to have accomplished? And really begin to think about what is it? Why am I doing this? Why am I on this earth? You know, how am I, you know, wh why do I want to have my own business and, and what impact do I want to have? And the third thing is to really internalize this idea of coach leadership, coach leadership with your children, coach leadership with your spouse, coach leadership with your employees coach leadership, even with your boss, to begin to think about this idea of really helping to empower people and help them develop themselves. And guess what? What will happen is they'll have even more respect for you because you've helped them grow as individuals. So those are really the, the, the three things, Andrew, that I, I hope people will walk away with from, the, from this talk. And again, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, definitely. Those things, those are powerful things. And, um, you know, appreciate you coming on and, you know, look forward to continuing to collaborate, you know, hang out for a sec and, and I'll close things out. Um, so just want to thank everyone for tuning in. And, you know, really at the end of the day, one of the most important things is the more you know, the faster you grow. Thank you for listening to Leadership Live at 805, Talking Small Business. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Leadership Live is one of the many valuable resources provided through the Small Business Pro University, empowering business owners to learn, profit, and grow. Find out more at sbprou.com.